Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. We are taking it way back this week because Dateline gave us a repeat on a Friday again and a new one on a Sunday. What? I actually wrote Dateline. It was like, listen, is this going to keep happening? Because that will mess up our entire release schedule. But I said, this message said with so much love and gratitude, as always. That's good. But they said, no, this is not going to be a regular thing. It might happen like one more time, but it shouldn't be a regular thing. So okay. we're going to save the Sunday episode if it's good. We just wouldn't have time to do it and do our normal release date. Just so this picked- time we wouldn't. This this, this week it didn't work. This but weekend was insane. Another me. week it might. Yeah. So we'll, we do always try to give you the new release if we can, just couldn't this time. Yeah. So this is an episode that we found on Peacock that I had <gasps> never seen. Which never happens, and it's, which is a momentous event. I yeah. don't want to underplay how big this moment is. Yeah, the text never that I got it, that never said, heard of it. Oh my god, there's a Dateline I haven't seen. It that nev- literally never happens. I almost fumbled my phone. I was like, <gasps> <laughs> it was surprising. It's like me going to Taco Bell, and there's an item I haven't tried, and they're like. What? No, I'm just kidding. I get the same thing every time. I'm so boring. Um, I was going to say, have you tried this? I don't know. That wasn't a good analogy. It was just a really bad analogy. I just Mm. wanted to work Taco Bell into the conversation. Got it. So this is called The Case of the Missing DA. You know, I feel like that we've already had a title kind of similar. It's just such a Nancy Drew book title when it has The Case of. Mm -hmm. I love it. I'm picturing Nancy Drew and she has a big flashlight and she has like a tight, a little bit of a too tight sweater on because she's trying to be sexy for Ned, her boyfriend. Is his name Ned? And she's like outside of a lighthouse with the flashlight. Something's about to go down. You know, I used to get a candy bar for every book that I read, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid. That explains a lot, actually. That was the only way I would get candy. I would have to finish a book. So I would sometimes in the summer read like three Nancy Drews a day. And then I would pick the candy very strategically, the candy that would last the longest. So right. what I would do was pick like the orange Tic Tacs so that then I could eat them while I read the next Nancy Drew. So by the time that Nancy Drew was done, I was done with my candy. I was very, it was all strategy with okay. the candy and my the face at you considering orange Tic Tacs to be candy. I'm disgusted. Does that tell you how little sugar I had and why we have a problem now with cholesterol? That's, that's how that works, friends. So this episode aired season 20, episode 12, December 16th, 2011. What wow. year is it now? 23. 23. That's 12, 12 years, years ago. ago. Hosted by Lester. So he starts off in a vest because it's one of those old ones from Peacock. Yeah. But then he quickly, he's the host. He's the actual host, which is very rare. This is so also he's, momentous. He's not vesting throughout the episode. No, he's, he's interviewing. scarfing a lot. Yeah, he's dressed up. He's dressed up for interviews. Yeah. Um, is this our first Lester as host or is our second? Maybe our first that we've covered, but I've seen several others. He's done a couple specials. One was about somebody who was wrongfully convicted and in prison. Another one, he mm. actually went and stayed in the prison. Yeah. So I don't know if we've actually done one where he was the host. Someone will let us know. I'm excited. We should just say there's a trigger warning. Talk of Jerry Sandusky which is triggering for a lot of people. Yeah. As it should be. Mm -hmm. Lester starts by saying, the clues are tantalizing. A sporty red car, a speck of cigarette ash, a battered hard drive. 
And then a lawyer says, it's perf- it's baffling. It's confusing. It's perplexing. I did enjoy the rule of three there, mm-hmm. but I wish there was alliteration. Like baffling, bewildering, b- obsessed. B- b- obsessed, there you go. I couldn't get there. His b- name beleaguered. was- Beleaguered. Sure. Yeah, sure. So that means like tired though? Yeah, I know. I'm, tr- I'm trying okay. to use another SAT word with a B. <laughs> Bamboozled? His- Bamboozled, sure. His name was Ray Grecar, and he vanished in 2005, which is the new way to say 2005 that I just said by accident. I'm going to pretend that <laughs> that's, that's actually how you say it. Let's move along. Yep. So he was a prosecutor in Pennsylvania. And then Lester says all this stuff, and then they kind of give away parts of the episode, so I'm not going to do that here. And then Lester says, we'll look for answers. And right away, I thought, this is not going to be resolved. We are still looking for answers, is what he's saying. Mm -hmm. So Ray was the DA in Center County, which is spelled with an R-E at the end. So it's very fancy, like how... Theater. At my theater, we spell theater with an R-E. I think most theaters spell theater. Like yeah, that. theater. Yeah. Down the road from Penn State. Trigger warning, Jerry Sandusky. So it's a, but a beautiful little town. Very quaint. I love this, these shots of Pennsylvania. And I can't believe I never visited you when you lived there. You Bad friend. Be sorry. Yeah. COVID. Bad friend. He had a stellar reputation. He had been a DA for five terms. His friend and fellow DA, Bob who I was obsessed with, says he was the most serious DA ever. And then Lester says, did he go with his gut? Did he shoot from the hip? Or was he like, punch all the right buttons and then get the answer? I feel like it is, you're giving him too many options. I don't even know if he knew how to answer that question. Like, I get go with his gut, but I also think shoot from the hip is kind of the same. Like, in a di- kind of go ha- goes hand in hand. And then this punching mm-hmm. all the right buttons and then getting the answer. I don't know what that means. Does that mean he was like methodically following facts? I don't totally understand. I'm not going to criticize Lester too heavy because he's doing the rule of threes, which you mm-hmm. like. And no one's going to think about it as hard as we're thinking about it. No, so it's I'm, true. I'm going to pretend like, yeah. yeah, that all makes, that's fine. That's fine. It's fine. But I think that all three are the same. Yeah. <laughs> he was methodical. He was ethical. He wasn't scared to prosecute big shots. Remember that for later. Spring oh. of 2005. Which is still apparently how I'm reading that number. Did you write that weird? No, it's a, literally. Is it two, two zero and zero, then a capital zero, five. Five. No. Oh, okay. I don't know why I'm reading it like that. So he was in love after two divorces. He was now with his girlfriend, Patty. He had no health problems, no money problems. He had one daughter, Laura, that he was close to. He was 59, eight months away from retirement. Must be nice. I said he that like 50, I'm, he was I'm 60, 66, it, and I'm it like sounds, still It does. Ret- it sounds like you're still on the grind at I know. 73. I'm like, you're fine. Oh, I'm 66, and I still haven't retired yet. You're, okay, so he was retiring at 59, though? Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's why everyone is go- doing van life, and they're living the retired life when they're young. Until they're older and they get sick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to, I don't, I hate to bring down the party, but I happen to say, I'm not sure what the benefit situation is on van life retired. Were they teachers for a long time, then they're van lifing? No, I don't know. They're self-employed. I mean, I have health insurance. I just pay a lot for it because I'm self-employed. Do you think they do? 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they'll never get sick. Let's just go with that. Yeah. So he and Patty were going to drive across the country and see the national parks and visit his daughter. That's my dream in a van. Yeah. I feel like they were doing it in a car, though, in his Mini Coop. We're going to say Mini Coop about 5,000 times. We're going to say Mini Cooper. Lester just calls it a Mini. That's what everyone calls it. Everyone says Mini. Just Mini. I didn't know people just called it a Mini. Yeah. I had no idea. Oh, there you go. So one day he talks to his daughter. Everything's normal. The next day he wakes up and he tells Patty he's going to play hooky from work. And we we realize, well, I realize it's April 15th, tax day. Does that mean anything? They don't really mention it good on day point. Line. Why don't they mention it? They don't. They just say the next day, April 15th, he decided to play hooky. I thought, oh, tax day. You're very good. That's very good, little Nancy Drew, yourself. Do you think That's... he is on the run from the IRS? No, he's a DA. All that stuff gets handled for him. You think so? See, well, yeah. he has an accountant. I mean, I think, like, if he messes up, the government Just sort of takes goes, care of it. It's okay. <laughs> Pretty sure. That's probably true, sadly. So Patty said, go for it. Good for you. You deserve a break. She, we find out, was a clerk in his office. Case Candelique, mm-hmm. working in the DA's office. She went to work and he didn't. And then if people were like, where was he? She'd be like, well, we were sleeping together this morning. And he said he was taking the day. Or she'd probably just say he was sick. He has meetings all day. I don't know what she would say. Oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of things you say. He's got a migraine. Yeah. It's just awkward if you're dating the boss. There has to be. But you like want to be friends with the other like clerks. That's out the window. No, that's but out the window. They won't treat you the same because you're with the boss. Or they treat you really, really nice. Mm. And so you never know who's your real friend. Interesting. Yeah. I would love to know more about the power dynamics. In she's this. alone at work. Oh, that's she's, sad for Patty. It's not because her boyfriend's going to retire and maybe she'll get to retire early too. That's true. And so, she's doing a road trip across the country. Yeah, she's all right. Patty's okay. So she he calls her at 1130 and says... He's taken his fun little mini, which is a red Mini Cooper, for a spin on the country roads because he loved to go for long drives. And he said, I'm driving down the 192. I love you, which rhymes, but I don't think he meant it that way. That's cute. When she gets home that night, he wasn't there. She keeps calling his phone. For three hours, she calls his phone and it goes to voicemail. Finally, she calls 911. And they know who he is, obviously, because he's the DA and they are worried. They're concerned. So they put out description. We're looking for this man. The next day, he's still missing. And we're seeing some of this footage from 2006. And then some inter like her footage looks very 2006. Yeah. But then there's other footage that looks less grainy. So I think Dateline was on this case for a while. I think you might be right. Daughter Laura was concerned. His friend Bob very concerned. We meet the investigator, Daryl Zagani. 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 Subtitles said it differently than it was spelled, but whatever. Mm -hmm. He is a ginge and an investigator. I love a ginge investigator. He was so excited. And he is very concerned because he's a DA who had prosecuted violent criminals. And so he thought there's a criminal out to get him. 
or he had an accident. They don't know about that. They could have been an accident. Also, one time he just ran off to a Cleveland Indians game, which is what they say in the episode. And I had to give it a bang. And I said, are the Cleveland Indians still called that? And they are not. They changed no, it. They just changed. Yeah. They changed it in 2021 to yeah. 2022. Good yes. for them. They They're just the guardians. It. Wait a minute. So she called the detectives like three hours after he had gone missing? Yes. That night. How was she so sure? Well, he had just gone, disappeared. He had, she hadn't talked to him since 1130 that morning. I know, but hadn't, what if he was like out, three hours is just, just not that long. It feels like wasn't eight hours. his pattern, you know, and but, but eight wasn't hours answering you, the phone. Eight, but he, I know, but eight hours you call, it still seems like three hours you would be like, Oh, maybe he's just got caught up somewhere. He is he is a DA. He could yeah, have been stuck in a meeting. Yeah, but he wasn't working. He was playing hooky that day. But maybe he got called into something and didn't have time to tell Listen, her. she had <laughs> the white privilege and power privilege because she was dating the DA. She could call 911 and they weren't going to say, Bisque, wait until it's 24 hours. You know the rules. 48 yeah. hours, whatever it is. He probably is away with his, you know, some like what they would do to a normal person. But because she's not a normie and she's she not used that privilege. No, that's fine. So it just seems like, short. <laughs> it does. So they call the police that sorry, they call the baseball stadium, the guardians mm-hmm. saying spread around pictures. Is he there? There's a game. He's a huge fan. Wasn't there. Then they find his mini, Cooper. Again, I feel really out of the loop that I didn't know that people just called them minis. So, because minis to me could be Minnie Mouse. It could be a mini Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Could be so many things. I'm just surprised you didn't know that. I Well, car blinds. Cars, yeah. So they find the mini by some antique stores called the Street of Shops. I'm into it. So It's, it's simple. Like, it's clear. Ant- I don't. And I'll tell you why. It's an antique strip mall. Love. Little shops. So cute. Why? How are you going to have that and not spell shops? S-H-O-P-P-E-S. That's a travesty. Shoppies. <laughs> you the street have- of shoppies. No, that's a travesty. Have- you have to go old fashioned if you I have an antique strip mall. I stand corrected. You're 100% right. Thank you. Yeah. So he had visited the shoppies in the past. He liked to antique. So they thought, okay, did he just go there on his day off? Mm-hmm. His car was locked and his phone was in it. Very strange. How far and, is this away? How far um, is Lewisburg where this shoppies are? I believe it's like 45 minutes to an hour. So it's far enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they go in the car, strong smell of tobacco in the car. Mm-hmm. Ray was not a smoker and wouldn't let anyone smoke in his car. And there's ash on the passenger side of his best friend's ride. Was Are someone else in the car? Or, which is what I immediately thought, because I jumped to conclusions. They thought, what if it was someone, he's driving the car, and he pulls over, rolls down his passenger window, and some greaser t-bird type is leaning his body into the car through the passenger side with his greasy hair and flicking his cigarette onto the cigarette just out of his mouth not not in his hands and it's just dangling ash but i still feel like in this instance he would wipe the ash away off the seat 
And if it wasn't someone he was intimidated by, I'm sure he would say, excuse me, you just ashed in my car. Go ash yourself. I'm going to kick your ash. What are you doing? What? Very good. Which makes me feel like this is a huge clue. Interesting. And it's not yeah. given enough credit. In yes. This. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. They find cigarettes on the ground and they test them for DNA, but they don't get anything. And that was strange to me. I don't really. They just mm-hmm. said it went nowhere. And I was like, was it just an unidentified person? Was it? They said they didn't no get DNA? anything. They said um, exactly what you said. So what does that mean? It wasn't human. What was it? the was dogs there, were smoking cigarettes? Was there cigarettes? none? Like it was the invisible man smoked those six? Who's smoking cigarettes on the... It feels like a huge clue and you couldn't get... But did you save the cigarettes in evidence so that years later we could I run them so. through and figure out? That's, I hope so. It feels like a big clue. There's no bloodstains, no signs of a struggle. And then we get... I was so excited. So not only is this an episode I haven't seen, but it has one of my favorite gate, Dateline recurring guests... Yolanda McClary from Cold Justice and a show called The Jane Doe Murders, which I have not seen because it's also on oxygen and I still don't have oxygen. She is a former member of Mankey's Dateline Cold Case Unit, which they've done this unofficial cold. It's her, John Lewin, and the other guy that I can never remember his name. He's great. And I don't know why I can never remember his name. And I apologize. But Katie can never remember John Lewin. So it's okay. And but I then, did remember Yolanda. So what does that mean? That it's John. It's something about John Lewin. It's something about him. But yeah. her, I definitely remembered Yolanda right away. And she's just a great interview, period. She's great. So she, it's usually like her, the three of them and Mank sitting in some sort of you know, detective type dark room, just hashing out what they think happened. It's great. But this time, it's just her talking to Lester. And in the rain, in the freezing cold, both of them are bundled up to the nines. He has a huge scarf around him. Her lips are like purple. Pennsylvania's cold. Freezing cold. Yeah. And that yeah. for some reason, the whole time, they just keep cutting back to her. And I was like, let the woman go inside. It is so cold. And she doesn't have that scarf that Lester has. Hmm. So she explains there's no crime scene. And there's she and Lester, as much as I love Yolanda, most of her talk in this episode is just reiterating things that we've kind of already figured out as much as I love her. But I think it's the cold that has affected her brain. She says, well, there's no crime scene because the car, nothing, there's no struggle there. We don't know what happened. And Lester says, what if you willingly go off with someone and then they kill you? Then there's no crime scene. And she is confused at what he's why he's even saying that. And then she says, yeah, right. If you willingly go with someone, there's no crime scene. And I was kind of screaming at the TV. There is still a crime scene. It's just somewhere different than where you thought it happened. It just happened the car where they is killed not a crime you. scene. Yeah. There still is a crime scene. If you go off with someone willingly and they kill you, the crime scene is just where they kill you. Where you're you being killed. And I don't know what they're talking about. And again, it's freezing cold and she's wet and her lips are purple. I never thought I would disagree with Lester about anything other than the lack of vest. And I never thought my hero, Yolanda McClary, inspiration for Catherine on CSI, would ever let me down like this. But I have to say I didn't agree with them. And it really affected my mental health. Don't meet your heroes, guys. Thank goodness this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
I am always working on self-improvement. And part of that is learning more about yourself. Like when I watched this episode, I realized that I have an unhealthy attachment to Yolanda McClary. And I've put her on a pedestal from where she is destined to fall. Because that's what pedestals do. I've also been learning lately how hard it is for me to say no when people ask me to do things for them. Something Katie cannot relate to at all. No. And how I tend to overcommit myself out of guilt and wanting to be helpful. Again, Katie's never done that. I'm being sarcastic. She always does that. And so do I. We both have the similar issue, which is why we're very good about saying no to each other. (laughs) (laughs) I get stressed and anxious because I've overextended myself. And then that is worse than the guilt I would have had from just saying no at the beginning. So I'm always the loser in this situation. It's a mess. I'm only hurting myself. But I am really working on letting go of anxiety over things that don't matter, things I can't control. And I'm working on asking for help when I need it. Thank you, Katie. She's always there to help me. And thank you to my therapist. I wasn't able to see my therapist the past couple weeks, and I felt different. I felt this, like, unsettled. And so I scheduled an immediate check-in for Monday. Perfect. I can't express how much benefit I have gotten from therapy over the years. And I hope you'll consider this, if you've been on the fence, the push that you needed to finally try. BetterHelp is online. It's convenient, flexible, and quick to get started. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Dateline to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Dateline. Because we can all use a little... Better help. Thank you, Better Help. Thank you so much, Better Help. Katie, I think Yolanda being just cold and her brain is not working right. I think she needs to get inside and I think she needs some soup, some stew, some pasta, something hearty, something hot. Will you cook it for her? Lester can come too. Yeah, I can and I would because you know why? I'm a Hello Fresh girl. Yeah. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. The most important word, affordable. Mm -hmm. And that's why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Did you know that March is National Nutrition Month? No. There we go. And HelloFresh makes it easy to choose delicious dietitian approved meals. All you need to do is look for the dietitian win tag on their menu choices. Isn't that great? And those meals are under 700 calories and with one third less sodium. Mm. With the cost of groceries going up and up and up, now is the perfect time to get started with HelloFresh. HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% less expensive than takeout. They have over 40 weekly recipes to choose from for any meal occasion, any lifestyle, and any preferences you have for food. Just take your pick from meals like soy glazed salmon, yes, or mushroom chive risotto. (gasps) Risotto. Uh Uh-huh. Look, mushroom and chive risotto is something that I would order from a, you know, the $3 signs? Yeah. $3 sign restaurant. I would order mushroom and chive risotto and soy glazed salmon. And now I can make it and watch Dateline at the same time. In your pajamas. 
Correct. Life is good, friends. Life is good with HelloFresh. And HelloFresh makes it so easy to eat what you love. You can customize select meals by swapping proteins or sides or even adding protein to a veggie dish. Mm -hmm. And now you can even upgrade for organic chicken or organic ground beef on select meals. That's incredible. They really have options for every single person. They really do. And I don't know about you, but I'm lost in a produce section. I've determined that for myself this past week. I was in one and I came out feeling like I had completely failed. I had (laughs) two, I literally, I had three bananas and two avocados and the avocados were hard as a rock. (laughs) I know better. HelloFresh helps me eat like a human and does my meal prep for me. They send me exactly what I need for delicious meals that are easy to make and even easier to clean up. Take a chance, check it out, National Nutrition Month, and go to HelloFresh.com slash Dateline60 and use code Dateline60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Wow. Dateline60, 60% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Dateline60 and Dateline60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Amazing. It's really easy to see why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit and even easier to see why it's a date with Dateline's number one meal kit. Because we are America's number one podcast. Number one podcast about Dateline. We are America's number one podcast about Dateline that's not actually Dateline. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much, HelloFresh. Thank you, HelloFresh. They really are number one, though. They don't need any caveats. They really are. Yeah. So people in the area of Lewisburg, which is the town where all of these antique shops are, said that they had seen Ray there for several hours. But wait. Dun, dun. There's more. Oh, by the way, I need clang, to do clang. it. I need to do I need to do a Twitter poll to see if people think it's dun dun or clank clank. We won't be doing that. I really think it's dun dun. Did I leave that in the episode? Yes, you did, because a couple people have commented. Really Uh, wish I hadn't. I knew it was a mistake, and I remember being like, I'm supposed to leave stuff in even if I know it's unflattering. And I knew it was an unflattering (laughs) look that I was giving, and I was tired. In my head, it was clank clank. And so I think they do use a clank clank like a jail cell kind of noise sometimes. I think it's dong dong. <laughs> but I think that I'm doing clang clang in a way that it's close, but I don't think anybody would describe the sound as clang clang. No. Clang clang clank when the trolley. Of course. That's a clang clang. So they're they're very dramatic about the way they're going to say this. So people are spotting Ray all over Lewisburg. But wait. Yep. There was another Mini Cooper owner in town that day. All right, here we go. So there's this other Mini Cooper that people thought they were seeing. And the cop with the biggest, thickest neck I've ever seen, he's just jacked, is saying very dramatically that people were seeing this other Mini Cooper and thinking that it was Ray and that it's, it's a huge deal. Which makes sense. How cute is this little town that there's only two Mini Coopers? But did he look like Ray? I think he was just a white dude. And we'll get to that Ray looks like every Very funny description of him, yeah. So Ray's nephew, Tony, and his brother, who they mentioned several times but never give us his name, they drove down to help. And when they hear that the car was abandoned, they think, oh no, here we go again. And he says, to say it was an eerie parallel would be the understatement of the century. Oh, boy. So 
Rewind nine years earlier, Tony's father, who is Ray's brother, had abandoned his car on a bridge and his body was found in the river in Ohio. It was ruled a suicide. So there, Mm. and then Tony says, so we have a car, we have a park, we have a river, we have a bridge. Now we didn't really know any of that. We thought he was just left outside of an antique store, but apparently it was very close to a bridge. And a river? And a river. Okay. So Tony tells police he's probably in the river. He thinks Ray has just somehow done exactly what his own dad did, Ray's brother. Oh, that's rough. Now, Tony's dad, Ray's brother, had fought depression. And Patty said Ray didn't know, he didn't really fight depression, but he seemed preoccupied and he had been napping a lot. And she wanted him to see the doctor. But he had never been treated for depression. But that doesn't mean depression. That also maybe could mean that she was worried about fatigue or something exactly. else. Exactly. So investigators put diver. Oh, and people can have depression and just not be treated for it. So Correct. Yeah. And they sometimes can hide it pretty well. Mm-hmm. So investigators put divers in the river and a cadaver sniffing dog on a boat. I didn't know that dogs could sniff cadavers through the water? I needed them to expand on that very badly. I, on a fast-moving boat? We see it for a second. We see a dog, which looks like it's at the hilt or the yes, head of this it's boat. Like, like um, King of the World. Yes, yeah, he's it's going Titanic down, King. And, and the, the, boat, the motorboat's going down the river, and the dog's just on the edge with a little life vest on. And I was like, we're going to need close-up shots of the dog on the Please. boat. And we're going to need to know the dog's name. Yeah. We're going to need to know who's the handler of the yeah. dog. And, and why isn't the handler behind him doing the Jack and the Kate thing? Maybe they had just done it. Yeah, maybe. I want to know how the dog was trained to smell through water. How that I, I don't think we've seen that. that before. That's so impressive. But dogs are incredibly impressive. But maybe this is a shallow, maybe they're getting it to a shallower area. Maybe there's like a wetlands area where it's really close to the bottom. Right, because the way they made it seem is like the dog can smell a cadaver under the water when he's on a boat going fast through the water. In which case, we don't need sonar anymore. In no. which case, all we need are a hundred of whatever that dog is. Exactly. But I go. think you might be right. They were taking him to another area. I think they were taking him to shallower ground. So the water level was high, but the detective said you could see through the body of the water from the helicopter. So the helicopter oh, wow. could actually see the bottom of the river to see if there's So a it's body not there. that deep. It's deep, but it's clear. How's so, that? Yolanda tells us that we need a body to say if it's suicide, but you could also stage something to look like a suicide when it's a homicide. And again, I felt like she's just very cold. Let the woman go inside. She's just saying things now, and she's usually much more insightful than this. This is also the second time that she's introduced to us as an NBC affiliate. Literally every time they mention her. Every single time. But not with anyone else. No. And I will say this. I did like that because they are reintroducing the person every time they come on, which is not done now. But they must have done it back then. But I think when someone works for NBC in that capacity, you have to mention it at least once. But they mention it every time. Yolanda McClary, NBC consultant. And I think that that was standard 12 years ago. 
Maybe. That if they're an NBC consultant or affiliate or were one at one point, it mm-hmm. has to be mentioned multiple times. Mm-hmm. Now I think that rule is done. I'm still wondering if we need their names across the bottom of the screen. I but would like the names. but It might I, be distracting. But this was noticeable even to me. And yeah. I am not great at attention to detail. And yeah. I noticed this. No, it literally became part of her name. Yolanda McClary, NBC consultant. Yes, it did. Again, it's strange that I love having her on, but she is known as a crime scene investigator. She created a lot of the techniques. They based the character on CSI after her. But we don't so have, again, we, we don't, don't have, have a crime, crime scene. scene. We don't even know if we have a crime. We don't even know if there's a crime. We're so confused. So it's a strange episode for them to bring her on, but I always love seeing her. Yeah, I'm fine to have her there. Yeah. So the investigator, the ginger, says that maybe the body could, oh, this is horrible, could have stuck, gotten stuck where there's a dam and it would have been, in his words, wedged, grinded by the water, chewed to pieces. Just, it's so, that's so graphic. He's just been hardened by life. He's a that yeah, detective. He's just like, this could be it. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen weirder. You know, he's that guy. He's the one that at the Thanksgiving dinner brings up the thing that's just a little too disgusting and somebody yep. clinks their fork down and they don't want to <laughs> eat anymore because he he's did it again. Debbie Downer. He did it and, again. Yeah. But I love him. Also, is he blaming beavers? And do we now have beavers as alternative suspects? Because they have destroyed the body. Or maybe he, didn't he survived. Mean beavers. He meant a mechanism. There's not an animal. There's a dam, and he said it's a fiber dam, and I don't know what that means. So I'm picturing a dam made no, from like... No, it's churning. There's a wheel. It's not a beaver mouth. No, I think the water just would f- keep flipping the body, and that's the grinding. I don't know if there's like a wheel. Someone else tell us. So nephew Tony and his brother, unidentified, and police search Lewisburg, the town with the shoppies. But it's a college town and it's parents weekend. So the town is filled with generic white dads. You can't throw a rock without hitting a generic white dad. Not that you should. I think we've discussed this on the show before. When we went to Catalina and we got separated from my dad and he was dressed in such a classic dad core outfit that I kept spotting him everywhere. But it was it a red polo and khaki shorts. It was a peach polo shirt and khaki khaki shorts, shorts, Uh tennis shoes, white socks, tucked in, tucked in and a cap. And like a beige yeah. cap, like khaki Done. cap almost. And I took pictures. I have them on my phone. There were like five different dudes that I kept thinking, oh, there he is. Never was him. And so they show a photo of Ray at this point, and he's wearing the peach polo. So the classic dad look. But then Tony says, well, he's upper. I kept seeing upper middle class white dudes wearing blue Eddie Bauer fleeces. You know, the ones with the high neck, they're the half zip yeah. collar. Yeah. And it's college. It's what parents weekend he said it was. Yeah. So exactly. e- every dad, every dad, every white American dad in a fleece pullover. Yeah. That has to be very frustrating if you were yeah. looking for someone. Oh, and yeah. It's like in the movies where someone misses someone and they just keep tapping someone on the shoulder and then the person turns around. It's not them. Yeah. You know, that's why I dye uh, my hair. I'll never be mistaken and I'll never be hit by a car. You can't say you didn't see me. You saw me. <laughs> my hair is the color of a cotton candy you saw me (laughs) so the ginger detective is working hard on this case he's working 17 hour days and they have some credible sightings of ray there there were people who saw him with a dark-haired woman 
in the street of Shoppies. But I'm wondering how do they know that it was him and not the other dude with the mini coop or, or another generic one white of the guy. 5,000 dads. Yeah. It's the mystery of the 5,000 dads. Yeah. Hold on. Who saw him with the woman? They say credible, which how do they know? It's just somebody they know that know, they know this person has a good memory. We've seen how faulty people's memories are. Is it the red haired detective's cousin? Maybe. Oh, and he trusts his cousin. Is it his cousin? Maybe. Roger? Yeah, it's Roger. So they're hoping, oh, maybe he's just having an affair with this dark-haired chick, and he's avoiding Patty. You know, you know how Rose do. Also, dark-haired woman sounds like a witch. Let's just be, it sounds like he's with some sort of mystical mystic who's like wandering through and she's in a lot of- and mortar and things like that in the antique shop. She's in multiple shawls. Yeah. And like got, has all on an yeah. excessive amount of silver jewelry and yeah. smells a little bit like a bakery yeah. mixed with incense. And yeah. she's wandering through. Yeah. And he's with her just sort of listening intently to everything she says. This is a movie that he's this is what we're picturing. Yeah. Right. And he's, it's almost like she's has an invisible leash on him. And he just right. There's he's a spell. mesmerized. There's a right. spell. And so he's just following her around. That's what it sounds like when they're describing the quote, dark-haired woman, when instead it's probably a mom and a dad here for parents weekend and she has dark hair and she's in a different color pullover Eddie Bauer fleece. Right, lilac. Yeah, Yeah, or lilac. There you go. So they check the motels. They show Ray's photo, this description of this witchy woman, and they get nothing. And they check the local train and bus stations to see if they went somewhere. Nothing. So they think, he's not a cheater. We know Ray. Why would he run away with this mystery woman when he wasn't even married? He's living with Patty, but he seems to be very happy with Patty. And Patty says if he wanted out, he would tell me. He also wouldn't go an hour away to a place that he frequents, the street of shoppies. <laughs> yeah, where people run, still know to him. To start his like rendezvous. Well, we're going to start by antiquing. And then we're going <laughs> to make our hot, way up to Montreal. Hot what? affair. I think that's what happened on Showtime's The Affair is they went antiquing a lot. So I think if this were all a sitcom in the 90s, Ray is meeting with a female travel agent to plan a romantic trip for Patty. But then she finds out And she thinks he's cheating. And she shows up at their dinner, throws spaghetti on the travel agent, and then realizes it's this big mistake, and she's getting a romantic trip to the Bahamas. And then everyone laughs. Yeah, that makes sense. That's how I'm picturing this full house type moment. Yeah. So Lester says the affair angle didn't jibe with what they were hearing. No. So who was this woman? Was she leading him into a trap? with her witchy ways mm-hmm. or was she helping him to start a new life? Like somehow, I don't know, giving him his go bag and money and fake passport to get out of town. Police need to find this woman. So Lester is back outside with freezing Yolanda. She's in Yolanda says, this woman could answer all of our questions. And I was like, that's why the police are looking for her. Yolanda, I love you so, so much, but you're not giving us anything new in this episode. You're literally just repeating what they've said. But I adore you. So police can't find this woman, and they're not even sure if she's real. They're suddenly like, maybe this it wasn't that credible. Maybe Roger is on the dope, and we don't trust him anymore. 
I don't know. I don't know if I trust Were there Roger multiple anymore. people that saw him? I thought it was multiple sources. But again, people are really bad with facial recognition and memories. So it could have been on another weekend. It could have been Patty. Patty has dark hair. So Yeah, really. It's, like it could is... have been a different weekend. Yeah. So I don't know. So then the river surprised them all. Oh, boy. Cling, cling. A fisherman sees a laptop in the water. And they pull it out, and it's Ray's work laptop issued by the county. And it's rusted to H-E double hockey sticks. Boy, is it. It's corroded like you left your Schwinn outside in a tornado. It's just peeling, and the hard drive is missing. And they're thinking, why did Ray even have his work laptop if he was playing hooky? Where is the hard drive? Also, what kind of a laptop is a Micron Transport Trek 2? I thought it's 2005. It's a Shrek 2? Yeah, Trek T-R-E-K 2. Get this man Adele because I think those commercials were very hot in the 2000s. Micron Trek 2? Micron Transport Trek 2. Maybe they're a super secure... I don't know. Also, whoever threw it in the river was not trying to hide because they left that little barcode on. That's how they realized it was his is because it said county clerk, blurgity blurg. Yeah. It's got a little barcode on the bottom. Scratch that sucker off. Yeah. They would never have known it was his. They would be like, yeah. here's a laptop. Right. They don't know what's on it because it, the hard drive is missing. Weird. So the river surprises them again. A mother and child find the hard drive. And Ginger Cop is so excited, but they can't get any data slash data off of it. It is too damaged. Can it's I ask you a question? Yeah. If you and I were out at a river, which yeah. it's unlikely, but it could happen. Well, we, we were, were the Mississippi River at CrimeCon. We and then were. I fell in. If it's true. Which so is why we don't go by not rivers Not to be anymore. trusted. We can't be at rivers because no. of that. But if we had found in the Mississippi River a hard drive... Mm-hmm. What are the chances that you and I would have turned it into the police? I feel like or we thrown would try... it in the trash or <laughs> just left it there. No, I feel like I would try to solve the mystery of whose it was, like without the police, and totally try to make a mystery where there was none. Like it must belong to some secret Russian spy, and it, and you'd be like, let's just throw it in the trash. I don't think we would. I think we would see it and be like, what is that? Well, it's littering, so we need to throw it away. It would just be like someone left their trash here. No, I think I would want to turn it in, but then I would go to a random policeman on the street and then think, I can't trust this guy because he might be in on it. Yeah, that's So true. I need to go to the top. I need to go to the chief. Top brass. You yeah. know, police chief and say, I don't even know if I can trust you but I have some information you may need. He's like, we have no one missing. We're not searching for a laptop. There has been no crime here. And I'd be like, please let me have this one. No, he's not going to let you have it. I think that what we probably should do is just immediately FedEx it to Josh Mankiewicz. Yeah, he'll take care of it. What can you do with this? Yeah, you'll Please give this to Matt Murphy. Thank you. Goodbye. And the ginger detective says it was like a carrot. And I thought that was funny because carrots are like ginger too, kind of. It's yeah. like a carrot dangling. Kind and of. Then yeah. There's nothing there. So the hard drive was analyzed at the same lab that recovered data from the Columbia Space Shuttle. Too soon. 
no idea why Lester mentions that except to bum us out. Too soon. And we're already upset about Yolanda being out in the cold. Too soon, Lester. I don't want to talk about the with Columbia. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want ever. to talk about the Challenger. I'm oh. still not over that. So why was the hard drive removed? This is very sus. Makes them think something happened. And then, ching, ching, Katie is going to take over. But before we do that, I want to talk about Thrive Cosmetics. I need to. It's my face. I want to talk about it. Also, Yolanda's out there in the cold, and that's very drying. Her lashes look amazing. I did want to say that. She still manages to just look fabulous. Yeah. I would say her makeup game is absolutely on point, as well mm -hmm. as her crime game. She's top notch. I first learned about Thrive Cosmetics through the million and one people on YouTube who mm. reviewed the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara and then went on to review all the other equally good products from Thrive Cosmetics. They are a fantastic company with a mission that is bigger than beauty. That's why cause is in their name. As part of Thrive Cosmetics mission, every purchase supports organizations that help communities thrive. And we here at A Date with Dateline love Thrive Cosmetics because they are Leaping Bunny approved, certified 100% vegan and cruelty free. Everything at Thrive is made with clean skin loving ingredients with no parabens, sulfates or phthalates. I know for me, the name of the game is ease and fewer products. I'm trying to pare down. I'm kind of a makeup what? hoarder. And so it's something that has been a goal of mine for a little while now. I don't need all of the products. What I need are good products that work well with good ingredients that just make me look awake and better. That's mm -hmm. my goal. Mm -hmm. And one product from Thrive Cosmetics that really helps me do that is their Brilliant Eye Brightener. It is a do-it-all stick that I am pretty much obsessed with. I use multiple shades, but my current favorite combo is the Muna, which is a mauve taupe shimmer, and Stella, which is a champagne-y, shimmery color. These sticks are so versatile. I know that if I just throw these two on with a little Liquid Lash Extensions mascara... That's good. I'm good to go on eyes. We're done with mm -hmm. literally three products. So mm -hmm. I can say goodbye to clunky eyeshadow palettes, say goodbye to boxes and boxes of falsies. This is it, folks. The Brilliant Eye Brightener is a highlighter stick that's made to brighten and open your eyes. It gives you basically an instant eye lift. It's perfect for the inner corner of your eyes. If you know anything about YouTube makeup, you've seen this trick. It A little bit of pale shimmer in the inner corners makes you look like you've had a night full of restful sleep. Also, the darker shades like Muna, which is the mauve taupe shimmer that I also use, is like this wipe of metallic eyeshadow that's not too shiny so I don't look like I'm trying to be a teenager it's like an easy smoky eye for an adult mm -hmm. it's a foolproof formula that is so easy to apply you can blend out like a dream with a brush or with your finger this product has more than 10,000 five-star reviews for a reason you need to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself there's no time like the present to give yourself the present of cool makeup Get an exclusive 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com forward slash date dateline. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash date dateline for 15% off your first order. It's March. March yourself to the internet and get yourself some good makeup. Thank you, Thrive. Kimberly, I've been working on my face. Is there anything I can do to work on my mind? 
Katie, everyone knows I'm into keeping my body in shape. I couldn't even finish that. Everyone knows I'm into keeping my mind in shape. Yes. That's where my focus lies. And I've been leveling up with Word Collect. You guys know I'm obsessed with games on my phone. Yes. I literally do it all the time. It is my way to relax, but also be like thinking, working my brain. Mm -hmm. So I love this word puzzle game. And here's what happened. So I was at my parents' house and my dad is into these games and he's into these games where there are letters and you're trying to make words out of the letters. And he needed my help to get some more so he could get to genius level. And he said, you're an English minor, help me out. And then I stared and I stared and I couldn't think of any words. It was really embarrassing. And he said, why did we send you to college? And I said, I don't know, I'm a failure. And then we get a text from my brother and his wife because they got to genius level. They found all the words because they're but both together. Game. Yeah. Together, though. Well, yeah. So basically the whole thing made me feel like a giant loser. And I was like, I need to put some of my focus on my game playing into this word game. Yeah. So now I'm playing this word collect game. It has over 2,000 levels, so you'll never get bored. It starts easy, which I really need, but it gets harder as it gets better. And it keeps your mind sharp. It helps you grow your vocabulary, which I'm always trying to keep up with the Dateline hosts and their SAT words. Yeah. I love that. It's challenging. It's really fun and addicting. And right now, Word Collect is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. I love it. Stop mindlessly scrolling through social media and keep your mind sharp. Go to Apple or Google Store and search for Word Collect. If you're like me and wanting to get ripped in the new year, just kidding, wanting to get your mind ripped in the new year and not be such a dum-dum in front of your family, download Word Collect for free today. Thank you, Word Collect. Thank you, Word Collect. I'm so excited. I can't I wait to smart. kick my brother and my dad's butts. Yeah. And I'm be a genius. So smart. And be technically labeled a genius. Yeah. I already think I am, so now I need the actual label. We need it. We need it in writing yeah. from Word Collect that will help the situation. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Back to the case of the missing DA. At the lighthouse. At the lighthouse? Is that what it's oh yeah, at the lighthouse in Mystery Creek. Yeah. In Mystery Creek, Pennsylvania. Okay, so regardless of finding this computer hard drive combo, and regardless of the new DA and Ray's girlfriend, Patty, stating in a press conference they wouldn't let the case go cold, it's kind of hard for it not to go cold at this point. There's nothing we can do with a hard drive that's waterlogged, and no amount of wanting to find him is going to help if there's no evidence and no body. Body, no crime. That's right. We should get a lot of props for not singing that Taylor Swift song every time we don't have a body. I'm patting myself on the back right now. Good job. Nephew Tony says that the way that the hard drive was discovered separate from the laptop is actually highly suspicious. He does claim to know something about computers. So he said you have to actually do some labor to remove it from the laptop. So somebody definitely wanted them separated. My question is, do you think that they pulled the laptop to get something off it? Because it was found in the same place. So obviously you dumped both. But did you need information off the laptop and then later just went back and dumped it in the same place that you dumped the computer? No, because they were found so close together in the river that I feel like that's impossible. I feel like they had to have been dumped at the same time. 
They just wanted to make sure that the laptop got ruined. I mean, that yes. the hard drive got ruined. Yes. So maybe that's just why they pulled it out so that the water would ruin it. And because may- maybe they thought if they just dumped the laptop, the water wouldn't get into the hard drive. I think that's maybe what they thought. So Lester tells us that Ray had actually been asking around his office how to erase a hard drive and also had done Google searches at home for how to wreck a hard drive. That's very mysterious. Yes. Markov, suspicious Google searches. So he had been trying to do that stuff. Why? Well, the other DA has a theory about that. Yeah. So other DA, Buner tells Lester, now as he's getting ready to retire himself as a DA, as Ray was back in 2005, he says he's actually thinking about the same thing. He's about how should he destroy his hard drive because he says there's stuff on there that he doesn't need anymore. And now that I feel like is a good reason to tell Dateline. But what I think the actual reason is, is every law enforcement official that's at that level Mm -hmm. would have skeletons, would have some stuff or cases that they feel like they either brushed over the under the rug, handled badly, something that you don't want people to pick back through, right? On your personal laptop. He had a spotless record. But but we know I, that's not true. Well, we do know about one thing. Yeah, that we're going to find out about. Right. I don't think I feel like if he needed to delete his hard drive, he would just have Patty do it or one of the clerks in his office. You have people working for you. Why are you at home Googling how to wreck your hard drive? That seems that does seem a little sus to me. So you think someone typed that into his computer? No, no, I think. There maybe was something on it that he wanted to get rid of. I'm surprised that they don't want to keep your hard drive as like an archive of stuff that happened when you were in office. But the other DA said you just can get rid of that stuff. Okay, question. So we do see some footage of the last time that Ray went into the office, which was April 14th in the evening. Do we see CCTV footage of him coming out? I don't know. Why? Because is he coming out carrying his laptop? Right. Is his laptop already at home? Right. Because I think it would say a lot if he went in specifically the night before to get the laptop Mm -hmm. to come out with the laptop. Because there's also a chance that it's a separate incident. Do you see what I'm saying? He took the laptop and wanted to destroy it. So threw it in the river went antique like it's all separate incidents he wanted to destroy his laptop and his own hard drive so he did that and then met foul play at a different point in this journey did the foul play have something to do with why he was destroying the laptop though it seems too big of a coincidence that that it was just a random like mugging and murder and he also threw his laptop in a river yes i think it would have something to do with it yeah i agree but i don't know what Mm. Okay, but clearly the hard drive is a key piece of evidence either way to rule if it's a suicide or a homicide. But everybody has theories. So one theory that the police department has is that Ray just walked out on his life. Now, Yolanda thinks that this would clearly take a lot of planning. (laughs) Thank you, NBC consultant Yolanda tells us this would take a lot of planning. But she also says that a murder would also take a lot of planning. (laughs) I don't know why, what that means. I don't know like, what's going, going why on. Are, 
those two um, things are i don't it's okay they shouldn't okay. be compared but the bigger question is why would he walk out he's making plans for his retirement there there's nothing to show that he would walk out also did he have money somewhere stashed or fake ids she's right you do need a lot of planning you do definitely need a lot of planning to do that the Suicide also seems unlikely to Yolanda because of everything, again, that he had planned for the future. We just didn't have any classic signs that we would know. Again, that doesn't mean anything, but... Yeah. And then the third theory is murder, which I guess seems a little bit likely to Yolanda. (laughs) It does. She is a crime scene investigator. It is, yeah. This would be basically someone that he had put away... That Lester says, quote, wanted payback. Bob Buner, the other DA, says at this point that he said he felt like after everything came out, he says the only conclusion left was foul play. Mm. But without a body, the case goes cold. It sits cold for a long time, basically until 2011. Six Six years. years, it sits cold. But in 2011, Lester says, quote, the case came roaring back to life and we see a car, the car. And I'm thinking at this point, oh, my God, they find more evidence in the car. The cigarette butts came back. Were you thinking that? I was like, this has something to do with the car. Right. Because I knew about the Sandusky thing because they talk about at the beginning. Well, I didn't know what that was yet. I thought that that was just like a hook to get you in. And then that was it. It was remember this big case over here? Well, we're going to talk about this other one. (laughs) But there's a strange connection. Right. That's what I thought we were doing here. But that was not what we were doing at all. So November 2011, the initial 40 abuse charges against Jerry, Jerry Sandusky, who was the Penn State football coach, broke. That case came about. This was a big deal. Um, Did you see the news footage and who the host of one of the news footage was? was Natalie Morales. Welcome back, girl. Welcome back. Yeah. We missed you. There were eight victims. The case took two years of investigation to bring it to the grand jury. And there were more victims. That was just the ones they pressed charges on. The ones that were in the indictment. Yeah. Yeah. So... It appears that Ray Gricar was mentioned in the indictment. He was the first to investigate an accusation about Jerry Sandusky in 1998. So he's mentioned in the indictment that happens in 2011. It appears that there was an allegation from an 11-year-old boy made through his mother in 1998. And Ray Gricar was the DA when this allegation was made. I don't know if I'm going to go into the details of what happened in the essay, but it's not great. And we don't tend to talk about that on this channel. You can probably look it up if you need to or watch this episode. But needless to say, there were allegations made against Sandusky. And Lester tells us we don't know exactly what Ray did with this allegation because we don't have the file. Why don't we have the file? Yeah. Was that on the hard drive? I mean, it happened seven years before he went missing. So... The file should, did he just not write things down? I don't know what he, we don't know if he interviewed the victim or the mom. We don't know if he interviewed Sandusky. We don't know what his process was to decide if he was going to actually move forward and charge him with something. We don't. And so this is, that's very strange. Yeah, this is frustrating. So the dates here are 1998, this allegation comes up, 2005, Ray goes missing, 2011 charges are brought against Jerry Sandusky. 
So it's also so not even lining up. It's not. There's like, so many years in between. So many years. Now, we know that the Sandusky case was looked into for two years before, but still that makes it 2009. Yeah. He still disappeared four years before that. It's not yeah. even like he was aware that there was an investigation. He was worried that he had done something wrong. I don't know. Okay. So DA Bob Buner has an idea of what Ray might have done first. And he says, basically, that is to be horrified and put a game face on. Because these are the worst kind of cases, which they are. These are terrible cases. So the replacement DA tells us that Ray would have been the initial gut check, credibility decision, which is really rough when you think about it. You have to weigh all of these options of this is going to be a kid going to trial versus a hometown hero. And people love sports. Mm -hmm. This is a Penn State coach. That's why it was such a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, obviously, the abuse was large. Yes. Large amounts of people, large yes. amounts of accusations. But it's also probably how he got away with it for so long was because he was beloved and well known. And, and so he was maybe sheltered by the even bigger coach who was like a national hero. Yeah. Papa Joe. And yeah. everyone like worshipped him. And was did he know? Was he covering up? Right. And how much pressure was being put on Ray to make this go away? when these allegations were made. So what we do know that Ray did, though, is he did a sting operation, which made me think he definitely, his gut check told him, go further with this. Mm -hmm. Let's see where this goes. And so we're told by that former DA that this is very much on brand for, for how Ray would operate, this sort of a sting operation, something like this. It's a shoot from the hip. That's... <laughs> Lester would say. So the mother of the boy who brought forward the allegations confronted Sandusky while wearing a wire so the detectives could listen. And Sandusky actually says on tape to the mother, I was wrong. I wish I could get forgiveness. I wish I was dead. So there's also a phone call and we get Bob Costas, an NBC affiliate, <laughs> and with Sandusky in prison, who basically sort of reiterates the same exact sentiment. I don't know what happened. I have no memory of the incident, but I'm sure I said I was sorry when he's questioned about the conversation with the mother, which is released. But here's the deal. So Bob Buner, friend DA, tells us that the, tape, the statements that are made on these tapes are not considered a confession. They're considered an admission. But is this a crime? Because in order to prosecute this as a crime, you have to prove some sort of... The way what this incident was would not be considered... It would be kind of just inappropriate, but it wouldn't be a crime. It's really frustrating because it feels like it should. It feels like even if this wasn't a crime, there were probably other crimes and other instances. This isn't usually a one-off with sexual predators. So, so then the question becomes how many resources are put into finding other potential victims? How are you doing this? Well, usually it for children crimes, they usually put a heavy focus on that. But again, right. there was this pressure maybe Correct. from the university. Mm -hmm. And this was all just beginning. This was maybe just the first of a years of abuse that we heard about. This was the first reported one. So we didn't, he didn't know it was going to snowball as it did. So if you couldn't get anywhere with this case, I would think that Ray probably would wait for another complaint to come in. 
and then go further with it and be like, okay, this isn't a one-off. This is now the second complaint we've had. Right. Unfortunately, you're letting kids out there get abused by leaving the predator out. A hundred percent. So what do you do? Right. You can't prosecute on this. Right. And then, but who's blaming you for not prosecuting on this? Probably a lot of people. But I think it doesn't make sense to kill the prosecutor who decided not to prosecute. Yes, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Okay, so this is a hard case to judge, but in 2012, doesn't matter because Sandusky is convicted on 45 counts of essay. Wow. And of course, Lester tells us in the online world, people are immediately drawing connections between Ray Ricard's disappearance and Sandusky. This is kind of a big deal because Ray is mentioned in that initial indictment. So now we get forensic pathologist, Dr. Cyril Wecht, who I know. Why oh, yeah. do I know Cyril Wecht? Is he in the He's staircase? in all of those documentaries. It's like Warner, what's his face? It's, oh, that's why I'm, that's It's the either Warner or Cyril. You got okay. two white men with age spots. It's one or the other. One has a German accent. Are they friends? <laughs> I think they might be frenemies. I think they hate each other. I think, I think they they're mortal enemies on yeah. this planet. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think they talk bad about how much the other one charges for trial. Yes, for sure. For sure. Oh, you know, you know, you can get hex for, you know, $5 because his credits don't match mine. Exactly. My German accent. Yeah, that was very good. Actually, I'm glad you went for the German instead of the uh, the American. I could have just gone with the American. Don't know why. Too late. Now we're told by Lester, Dr. Cyril Weck not worked on this case, but he's followed the case since it happened. And but the funny thing is, Dateline doesn't pay for interviews. No. So Cyril Weck just wanted to be on TV? Yeah. Okay. I like He that. has books he's written and suppressed. No stuff. shame. He's and then fine. He get, then he gets paid more when he actually gets paid to go to trial. Oh, okay. Because so he for has his TV real. appearances for under his, his real. belt. Yeah. yeah. That's good. So he thinks there must have been rumors about what Sandusky was doing after the 1998 allegations. He thinks there's no way... That Gricard did not have some idea about what was happening in his own district. He says DAs know all the crimes, all the big girls, what's going on in their area. So Cyril Wecht says that he thinks either Gricard ended his own life, walked away, or the third option, which is someone said to him, Mr. Gricard, we've kept it quiet all this time. And without you around, we'll keep it quiet. We'll keep it quiet longer. So wait, so let me get this straight. So Cyril Wecht thinks it's either option A. Which all we all think it could have be one of these three. He ended his own life, walked away, or this is not new information Stick that he's giving Yolanda. us. Stick with Yolanda. If you're going to give us the same stuff. It's the same. This entire Yolanda. episode could have been 12 minutes long. <laughs> 12 minutes. I know. Because we have no information. No. Also, I don't understand what... Mr. Gricard, we've kept it quiet all this time, and without you around, we'll keep it quiet longer. I think. What does that mean? It's a shady figure that is like a goon. No, I understand. Who is covering for some reason for Jerry Sandusky. And he's like, we got to keep Penn State on top. We know what Jerry Sandusky's doing, but we've kept it quiet for this long. And if you start to feel guilty that you didn't prosecute and are maybe going to start investigating five years later, seven years later, we got to kill you because we can keep it quiet 
for a lot longer. It literally does not make any sense. I think people are grasping at straws here. No, but see, I don't think it does. Here's the thing that I think is happening. And I think that Dateline is cutting this strategically. There might be some sort of legal thing about this. I am wondering if really what's happening here, because there were some hard cuts in this episode that I was like, what were they saying? Because you could tell that they were taking parts of Mm. conversations. Here's what I think. Maybe they were investigating. Maybe he was going to bring charges. Maybe something had happened where Ray was actually, it's going to get ready to bring charges five years before. And so someone high up in football came and was like, no, and took care of this issue because the DA was on to them. Wait, so he didn't want to press charges in 98, but then in 2005. Correct. Maybe like so that dark haired woman was actually the mom of another victim or something. Correct. That he was meeting with secretly off the record because he felt guilty and he did want to do something about it. Correct. So he and they found out about it and then they killed him. Because isn't it a little weird that whoever that woman was didn't come forward? Mm hmm. If it's it's, she's even real, if I don't even, even if buy that was those even him, credible. If sightings. that was even him, yeah. But I do. I mean, his car was there, so it does kind of make sense that he would have been in one of those shoppies. So it could be one of these other things. It could be foul play or walking away or suicide. Walking away or suicide is because he knew that he had covered this stuff up mm-hmm. and he was getting ready to retire and somebody else was going to figure it out and it was going to make him look like he had covered it up. Or, I mean, he did. Well, yeah, he just decided to not prosecute this one thing that technically wasn't a crime. Because he so, couldn't. Because he couldn't, because it's not technically a crime. So, so were there more people that had come forward? Were there more people that had come forward that had been dismissed as not credible? I don't, yeah, I don't know. That wasn't in the release of information that came out. So his name is only mentioned in terms of that first one. But I'm sure people blame him and say, you didn't stop this thing that happened for years and years and years, and you could have stopped it. But I don't think that's enough to make someone want to kill themselves or- But we don't know his head. Go into hiding. I wouldn't think so, especially when it's not a thing yet. He, ha- It's not like Jerry it's, Sandusky was charged in 2005. It wasn't, yeah, he wasn't charged seven for more years seven or more, six more years. Yeah. So see, this case makes very little sense. It feels like they're not connected. Unless some there's ways. something on the hard drive that like some new off the books information. That's what I'm saying. Coming up. That there's some off the books information or that he had been putting a case together against Jerry Sandusky and had been threatened, or Patty had been threatened, or his daughter Laura had been threatened. But, so he needed to yeah. get a, get rid of this information. I mean, if they had been threatened directly, they would have said something. But if he f- got gotten If he had gotten information, about, information about that they were threatened. But yeah. I think it's way more likely that it was one of the hundreds of other people he had put away. Out yeah. for revenge. In fact, I do have one, another alternative theory that came up when I did a Google search. Oh, well, there you go. Okay, okay. Also, Bob Buner kind of agrees with us. Why would he be taken out years later after failing to par- prosecute? You would and do it right then. retiring in eight months. Right. He's not going to do anything about it. 100%. It makes no sense. So the Pennsylvania State Police are still trying to track down leads now. There's been sightings of... 
Regricar in Illinois, Ohio, Michigan, Maryland, Texas, and in NYC. So they follow them all down, all the leads, and maybe one day technology will allow the waterlogged hard drive to be looked at, but not right now. I am not surprised their sightings. He looks like, I'm going to say, 96% of Congress. He, yes. If he's wearing a suit, he looks like a congressman. Yeah. Yeah, That's, he does. It's... I'm sure, sure people see him everywhere. Mm-hmm. Lester closes out with nephew Tony and asks him, do you still ho- hold out hope you'll get a definitive answer? And Tony says, always. We are always going to have that question that's never going away. Mm. And that's it. So this is all the information we have for this episode. This is, give me something. What do you have? So yeah. in 2013, so two years after Sandusky, okay. a former Hells Angels... <laughs> ranking officer comes forward to police and the press and says he knows who killed Ray. And it was a former member of the Hells Angels who was trying to get back at Ray for the long prison sentence he got for some offense. And the man that killed him was also an FBI informant and had informed on the Hells Angels. So maybe... This one guy that's telling on him and saying he killed him is doing it because he was an informant on the Hells Angels. Or maybe this guy really was just put away by Ray and he was really mad about it. But the guy who's telling on him is only doing it now because he thinks this Hells Angel is dead. So he goes to the police and the press and says, this Hells Angel is the one that kills him. But plot twist, this guy is still alive. Oh, my gosh. He's living a couple states away. So then the hell's angel that came forward and ratted on him is like, F my life. I just told the police and the press that this hell's angel is the one who killed Ray. Witsec. (laughs) Witsec. So he says that it was all a Hell's Angels thing. It was all about, you know, payback. And he said the speculation that it had something to do with Sandusky was, quote, especially annoying. And he said that Ray's, it's pretty graphic. I'm not going to read it. What they, what was done to Ray's body. And he takes FBI agents. Wait a minute. But no, describe, was it a way that the body would not be found? No, no, we're going to get there. So he takes FBI agents to this property where he says Ray's body is buried, but he won't tell them the exact location on this property because... There are four other bodies buried there and a bunch of guns, and he doesn't want to get himself in trouble. So he wants an immunity deal first from the FBI. So they go to this property and he's like, Ray is buried here somewhere, but I'm not telling you where because there's four other bodies and all these guns. I want immunity. And they ask Ray, or sorry, they ask Tony, the nephew, about it. And he's like, yeah, you have to take all these rumors with a grain of salt. Like, he doesn't seem to buy this whole story. But the FBI were seriously enough looking at it that they went with him to the property. But nothing ever came of it. And also, this was being reported by the Daily Mail, which is pretty much like a tabloid. So, Oh, my God. But there's another angle, at least. Yeah. Yeah, there's a chance that this has nothing to do with Sandusky at all. Absolutely. There were so many other criminals he put away. Let's do B-roll Bonanza. Should we tease the thing I just said? Yes. Kimberly just gave a very long, um, in-depth, investigative, journalistic, hopefully not confusing after it's edited, version (laughs) of something that happened with 
Joe Paterno, who is the head coach at Penn State. Check it out. It'll be at the end for Patreon and Supercast. (laughs) That's such a tease. Join Patreon to find out. That's such a tease. It's a little confusing, but it's there. But it's juicy. It is juicy if it's true. Yeah, we think it's true. Yeah, it's definitely true. But it's all very murky and very shady. Very murky. Oh, boy. That, ooh. Murky hard drive waters. Okay, let's go um, to B-roll. Lara walking her dog. Husky. Husky mix? What dog is that? I, don't I like know. him. Love it. Ginger detective investigator driving. We have weird driving footage of this. Did you notice it? Some of it looked like it was a video game. It was so, like a car that wasn't moving. What's okay, going on? Okay, so we see the red Mini Cooper, and it's being driven by no one, like a ghost. Correct. It is dark inside the car, so you can't tell if there's a person there. I don't think there's a person there. I don't think it's driving. I think it's there's just a- sitting, but it's in front of a giant green screen that this, is made to look like a yeah. road. So it's like you're playing a race car game inside a arcade. Yes. And you're sitting and watching the giant scene. Or alternatively, it's like an old Hitchcock movie where it's a ra- it's a driving scene. And, and it's birds are so clear that it's yeah. a green screen behind you. But it's B-roll footage. And we're just seeing this dark Mini yeah. Cooper with B with the just green screen of driving it's so confusing i've never seen anything like it before yeah it's very strange yolanda and lester when they're walking out in the rain with the falling leaves he's holding an umbrella for it's not that cold because it's raining not snowing but her lips are purple unless that's her lip gloss i think it's her lipstick and i'm gonna have to go back and look and if then I think, no, Lester is wearing the biggest scarf I've ever seen and is bundled up to the max. Yes, he is. I think he has gloves on. So it is cold. Yeah. And he's holding the umbrella for her like a gentleman. Yeah, it was very sweet. Tony walking down the street with coffee. With coffee, I got it. And then the cadaver sniffing dog on the boat. Oh, yeah. What about the street of shoppies? I did like it. I want to go there. Yeah. I'm into it, all those little alcoves. Although sometimes those places, I'm very weird about going into antique malls because I've had a few high-pressure sale experiences in (gasps) antique malls. And I feel very uncomfortable because I know that they need to make money. Yeah. And I'm not usually willing to spend all that much money. Yeah. And so it's awkward. Yeah, that is And then sometimes I end up, especially in those situations, why I avoid situations like that, because I will buy things because I feel bad. I know you will. It's really bad. I got Girl Scout cookie the other day. Well, you needed those. Every time. So girlfriend Patty, I don't know if you noticed, but in her interview, wherever she's being interviewed, there's just a tremendous amount of birds. (laughs) I've never heard bird sounds in an interview before. And it's like behind her. Oh, that's lovely. I didn't think she owns birds. Maybe she owns birds. She seems like the type that would own birds. Yeah, you have to be kind of delicate and sensitive, I think. Yeah, she's like looks like a little bit of a free spirit. She has a short, sassy haircut. So, yeah, fashion police. I only have Lester's fashion. Yeah, me too. He's in a suit. Mm -hmm. Looks good. He's in a sweater vest. Mm -hmm. Also looks good. And then his wool scarf and overcoat. Mm -hmm. Did you like all of those things? Were you upset that he wasn't in a vest? I feel like it's a he dressed appropriately for. Well, at least there's a sweater vest, which is kind of a vest. It could have also just been a sweater. Yeah. It could have just been a V-neck sweater. We don't know. Yeah. But I do like the sweater with the collared shirt and the jacket. Yeah. It's a personal favorite. Titles. Well, alternative theory. Is oh, it yes, possible alternative at theory. all 
Let's that go. the man in the other Mini Coop was involved. The doppelganger? Yeah. Was it actually another man? Right. Was I, he actually at the diner and those various places? I don't know. Yeah. Was he with the dark-haired lady? Yes. Uh, that's my first thought, is that this is all a misunderstanding and that people are just getting really confused. And the, mm-hmm. the man with the dark-haired lady, that's his wife, and yeah. he owns the other Mini Cooper. And people are constantly mistaking him for the DA in the next town over. Seriously, is... Who knows what the DA of your town looks like, by the way? Is that like a common thing that everyone be like, oh, that's the DA walking down the street? I think Unless if you're you, involved in city stuff... Maybe that community of antiquers also happen to be involved in city council and things. Okay, I think that's a good alternative theory. Do you have titles? Two coops, one crime. Two there coops, you go. no crime. I don't know. The case of why won't they let Yolanda go inside? What about Ray flew the coop? There you go. That's Ray perfect. Ray flew in the coop. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. That'll do it. Where you were right there. No, I really wasn't. Yeah, you were. That's great. You did it. No, I really wanted to get somewhere with hard driving. Because mm. I thought that we were going somewhere in the car. I did right, that on one after trip. that thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, I thought we were doing it when he was like roaring into the blurgerty blurg right and they show us the mini cooper and then we start talking about sandusky and i'm like what about the car Mm -hmm. lester Mm -hmm. don't give us a teaser that's not real they Mm -hmm. don't do that on dateline no he's a trickster i don't like yeah mank would never do that to us yeah that was not right okay i've got two more gricar noir (laughs) (laughs) because this is a little bit like a noir detective yeah novel yeah also, Dracar Noir, but Gricar is his last name. <laughs> I feel like that should get top score. That's hilarious. Okay, and then I have one more. P-A-D-A-M-I-A. <gasps> I love it. I did both I was going to go D-A-A-W-A-L, which is so dumb. No, that's close. It's but M-I-A. Like, you got to use all the acronyms. Yeah. P-A-D-A-M-I-A. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay. You did it. We did, we did it together. That was a joint effort, but this episode was just a big nothing burger. Yeah. I mean... It's the first time we've had one like that, where it's like, we're just coming up with all this stuff because we don't know. We, we don't got know. Two things of information. Yeah. I mean, whatever happened to Ray, it's sad, but I love answers. It's very... But I it's, hope it's sad. I hope he's not off somewhere living as a different person. Where is Ray? In Mexico? No, if he would go to Canada... Because that's closer, Pennsylvania. And he looks like a lot of... He could be Canadian. He could totally be Canadian. Yeah. Does he speak French? Was he taking French lessons? Yeah. But why would he leave Patty? There, unless there was like a mobster out to get him. Why would like, he leave Laura, his daughter? Yeah, he's like Laura. taking a test the next day and they have a phone call or mm-hmm. whatever. That's... Yeah, I think it's much more likely that it was foul play. I think so too. Because I don't think he just ran off. And I don't think he killed himself. But I do think he deserves justice. Absolutely. So he got justice for all these other people. Exactly. Not for that one child, but that's a whole nother story. But he was, by all other accounts, a really dedicated A really good D- DA. Yeah. So it is, boy, and put in like time and service yeah. and to be this close to... Yeah. How can he just vanish? It almost reeks of something else is going on, because how does someone this high profile just vanish? Yeah. Well, there weren't as many cameras around in 2005. No, not at all. Did they go down to that wood chipper thing at the dam? How much of the river did they search? And also, have they 
tested the cigarette butts again. Right. Do we have the, the cigarette, the smoke in the car and the ash, I feel like were huge. Yeah. It's like we started off with these really good pieces of evidence yeah. that were like, this is going to tell us. Yeah. And then we were all the carrot with the ginger carrot with the ginger detective being like. And also there were no fingerprints in the car, just cigarette smell and ash, but no other fingerprints on the handles or anything. Right. So whoever it was was wearing gloves. So it was like a professional hit. Right. But a professional hit left cigarette ash on the seat. Well, what's weird is it they seem to think he drove there willingly and was lured into some sort of trap. So he drove there willingly. But then how did that cigarette stuff? Because he didn't smoke. He drove there willingly with the computer and the hard drive to do a handoff of what? What cases was he just working on? Yeah, they nothing that they could think of that would be. But they didn't have access to his computer. So they maybe he was working on something off the books. You guys, if you have theories, we really want to hear. If you them, have theories, so yeah, I have a know. lot of questions. This is it is now Nancy Drew, Kimberly, and Katie, and the mystery of yeah. missing DA. Yeah, right back at the beginning. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much. We love the case of all of you. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram, and join us on Patreon and Supercast, where we will be wrapping up our traders before we move into. March Madness coming very soon. Woohoo! Very excited. But not sports. Not sports March different Madness. March Madness. It's different kinds of March Madness. Yeah. Television Madness. Yeah. Very exciting. Thank you, everybody. Thank be, you. Be your own Mini Cooper, because who needs a Bugatti? Oh, there you go. Flew the coop. That's good. Bye, everyone. Bye. Anyways, the Nancy Drews I was really, really into. And then what Wait, I but also- no one quizzing you to make sure that you've actually read them? Because three a day, are you retaining anything? No. So there was no quiz at the end. Your mom wasn't like, who was the villain? It was what pretty happened? obvious that I was reading. I don't think I was allowed to close my door. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it was obvious that I was... I was also young, you know, I was young. So I read a bunch of them. And then... Also, what I started to do was, it was part of the reason I got into clothes, is that when a new day would happen, I would go through my McCall's, like the fabric pattern books, and then pick the outfit that I thought Nancy was wearing that day. <laughs> so it became like paper dolls for the books, but right. only in my mind. I love it. it. Like, well, she's wearing this combo today, These, this pair of knee socks. Could we get you to do that? For Dateline episodes somehow. <laughs> no. And we can put them on Patreon. You know, we can do dolls. it if you're telling me and I don't watch it. Right. Like, you I can, can visualize. visualize it in my head and do it with McCall's pattern books. I yeah. love that. Sure. Okay. There you go. So I think it was call- like a vote. I don't think it was a vote. <laughs> on what the name was going to be. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Like choices. I feel like I'm making that up, though. I'm marking that. But <laughs> that's what I would have done. It's been like, should we be the Guardians? Should we be... Well, you have to give people options because... The Musketeers. Remember in England, they tried to name that, like, boat, like that big ship or something, and they did a nationwide contest, and its name was, like, Bodie McBoatface, because that's what people voted on, because they took suggestions from the people. So you have to give them choices. I don't know. If you have a boat, I mean, you're naming it the Terabithia, right? (laughs) No, absolutely I feel like that's such a good boat name. But that was the bridge. No, yeah, the bridge matter. to Terabithia. But this is so maybe the bridge to Terabithia is the bridge to get onto the boat.
If the Bridge to Terabithia book did not scar you as a child, I don't know who we, you are. We don't have anything in common. Yeah. We have. I don't. That or Fern Grows, Where the Red Fern Grows. Either one of those, which I listened to on tape on a family road tr- trip coming back <laughs> from somewhere, weeping in the backseat. <laughs> weeping. I'll never forget it. And was like, our dog is never allowed to die. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> 